Ahoy, and welcome to The Jolly Reader. I'm your host, Captain Book. Thanks for listening. We're on episode two. We're reading the second half of Two Can Keep a Secret by Karen McManus. We're actually on episode four, part two of this. Thanks for listening and sticking by me. I really hope you liked last episode. First of all, I want to apologize for my extra man voice today. We went to an amusement park and I guess we were yelling because it was so loud, but my voice is like really raspy. So either I sound extra manly or I sound smoldering. So I'll just like kind of let you guys decide, but sorry in advance. So today we're going to be talking about chapters 16 through 38, which I know sounds like a ton, but it's just the last half of the book. So it's the same amount we did last time. So I'm going to try to give you a quick summary of last episode, but you really should probably go back and listen to part one or binge listen to these back to back because there's a lot of characters and there's a lot going on. So here's my probably not so fast summary. Two twins, Ellery and Ezra, go to live with their nan because their mom sucks. Their aunt went missing 20-some years ago. A teacher is killed in a hit and run. Five years ago, a prom queen, Lacey, died. Malcolm's brother, Declan, is her ex and the main suspect. Ellery, Kat, and Brooke get voted homecoming court. There are death threats like crazy, shady cops everywhere, love triangles, and basically the only thing you need to know is Malcolm drops the twins off and takes drunk Brooke home from a party and then she goes missing the next morning. Also, I forgot to apologize for this. My wonderful, loving husband pointed out that I interchanged the words prom and homecoming. They're the homecoming court. They're going to homecoming. But this dance is so fancy and big with the school. I kept saying prom because I don't know. Our homecoming was just semi-formal, no big deal. And it was like a football game. Not all this craziness. So, I apologize. It's homecoming, but I may say prom. I don't care. Okay. Also, coming up on this episode, what we have to look forward to. So many crimes, including, but not limited to, murder. Brothers are awesome. Someone didn't play enough Skyrim to improve their lockpicking skills. Clowns, doggos, and the Legally Blonde movie? And the last line in the book will give you full body chills. It's crazy. So, should we get started? I think so. Chapter 16 is Malcolm's perspective, and it's Sunday, September 9th. So this is the morning after he dropped Brooke off. And I'm just now realizing we might not know she's missing already. So spoiler alert, she's missing. So Officer McNulty is at his house interviewing Kat, his stepsister. And she said Brooke texted her the night of the party at the House of Horrors to see if Kat was coming to the party. And Kat said she wasn't because she was going on a date with Theo instead. And Malcolm talks about, to us, the audience, about how the officer's interview with Declan five years ago went and how they grilled him and Declan said he was just driving around alone for several hours and he didn't call or text anyone. So he didn't have an alibi, but he also didn't admit to anything. And Malcolm just feels like this is kind of a similar situation. And I was just kind of wondering, even if you don't make a call or text, if your phone's on, can't you still track the phone? I don't know if you have to call for it to ping off of things. But anyways, Malcolm's mom, well, Officer McNulty's there talking to Kat, brings up that Malcolm had 
picked up the twins at Fright Farms and dropped them off. And the whole time Malcolm's like, oh, crap, oh, crap, because he hasn't told anyone that he saw Brooke. Officer McNulty's like, well, when you were picking up the twins, did you see Brooke at the party? And Malcolm is freaking out in his head and he takes too long to answer. So the officer gets super intense and asks, do you have something to tell us, Malcolm? And that's how the chapter ends. So I told you we have a lot of chapters to get through, but they're super short. Chapter 17 is Ellery and it's Sunday, September 29th. Officer Ryan is at their house interviewing them about Brooke and Ellery is super open, just tells him basically everything. She talks about the paper clips that were next to Brooke, but she says it seemed like a nervous habit, like Brooke unfolding the paper clips and putting them back together. She doesn't mention Brooke trying to pick a lock, which I thought was kind of weird. Maybe Ellery didn't realize she was trying to pick a lock, but I felt like it was obvious. But now I'm thinking that that was from Malcolm's perspective. So maybe he figured it out. Still, it's kind of weird. Then, oh, this part's so funny. She talks about Brooke making a that's what she said joke. And Officer Ryan's like, what are you talking about? And she's saying, you know, haven't you ever seen The Office or whatever? And Ryan doesn't get it. And Ellery lays it out in really really bold terms enough to make Ryan blush. It's a really funny part of the book. Anyways, so she talks about Brooke being sad and saying, I shouldn't have. I have to show them. It's not right. It's not okay. What happened? Wouldn't you like to know? So these are all things Brooke said to Ellery at the House of Horrors. So Ellery tells Officer Ryan that Malcolm took Brooke home and that wasn't planned. Like he didn't plan that ahead of time. He was only supposed to take the twins home. And she walked him through Malcolm dropping her and Ezra off, but she excluded Malcolm awkwardly asking her out and were asking if he could call her, which I kind of would too. But Ellery tells us that she regrets to responding to Brooks. Why wouldn't I be okay? Statement. And then Officer Ryan leaves and says, Brooke's probably already at home. At least that's what they hope for. And then him and Nan kind of exchange looks like, you know, girls disappear. They don't just return home here. You know that. So Ryan feels kind of like awkward per usual. And then he leaves. Chapter 18, Malcolm, Sunday, September 29th. Officer McNulty is being intense and is interviewing Malcolm. He's probably being mean because of the whole Liz situation. Still, it's stupid. Kat says that Brooke has been saying for a few weeks that Malcolm is cute, which we know from the first part of the book. And then Kat says, last weekend when she, being Brooke, was sleeping over, I woke up and she wasn't in the room. I waited for like 20 minutes before I fell back asleep again, but she didn't come back. I thought maybe she was visiting you, being Malcolm, especially since she broke up with Kyle a couple of days later. Malcolm says that she wasn't visiting him and they weren't hooking up or anything. He hasn't seen her outside of hanging out with Kat, except for when he saw her talking to Vance Puckett. And the officer McNulty says that Vance was in the drunk tank all last night and is probably still in there. So he has an alibi. Malcolm doesn't tell the officer about this, but he thinks about it and tells us about Declan's text from the night before. I'm in town for a few hours. Don't freak out, which is leading Malcolm to think like, that's a weird coincidence. He better not have abducted anybody. 
Chapter 19, Ellery, Sunday, September 29th. Nan talks about a porcelain doll. She collects those little dolls and put them on shelves and stuff that Sadie broke and glued back together and Sarah tried to take the blame for it. And it's just developing the twins and how close they were and how they're similar to Ezra and Ellery. Then Malcolm texts Ellery and says, can we talk? I understand if you don't want to. She says yes. And then she goes up to talk to Ezra, who's in his room before Malcolm comes over. And Ezra thinks Malcolm is innocent and believes that he dropped Brooke off and watched her go inside. And Ellery is more skeptical, but doesn't think Malcolm is dumb dumb enough to do anything and looks suspicious like Declan did because he experienced the police interviews and everything like Declan. So it would be really stupid for Malcolm to be the last one to drop her off. Like if he was going to do this, there was better ways to get an opportunity to get Brooke alone to abduct her. So Malcolm comes over and he tells them that he didn't do it and that Kat thought him and Brooke were hooking up, but he's super adamant that they weren't. He tells them that Kat wanted him to take Brooke to homecoming, but he never asked her. And Ellery's super uncomfortable and awkward because obviously Ellery and Malcolm like each other. But Ellery and Ezra, after this conversation, decide that they believe him. I do too, because he's the narrator. So there's nothing seeming shady about it because he says to us he's not hooking up with brooke like in his head not just to the officer chapter 20 malcolm monday september 30th it's monday after brooke went missing she disappeared on a friday or saturday i think it was a saturday and it's lunchtime at the school and brooke's still missing and malcolm is explaining to us how he's getting a taste of how declan must have felt five years ago And then they talk about how Kyle and Liz, so if you remember, Liz is who Declan dumped for Lacey and Kyle's the younger brother who's Brooke's ex-boyfriend and also a jerk. So they were out of town that weekend, so they weren't questioned about her disappearance. And the school is still deciding if they're going to cancel homecoming, but it will be scaled back. So they've decided that there won't be a homecoming court especially because one of the people is missing. The twins walk into the cafeteria and Kat calls Ellery to sit with her, but Ellery just waves at her and then goes and sits with Mia and Malcolm. And Malcolm knows Ellery is naturally suspicious, but it's glad she's come around to believing him. The four of them are, this is later on, the four of them being Ellery, Malcolm, Mia, and Ezra are hanging out at Mia's house discussing Brooke's disappearance and speculating if it has to do with the conversation she had with Vance and if Ellery and Kat are still in danger because of the threats saying a homecoming queen's going to disappear just like she did five years ago. So Daisy, Daisy being Mia's older sister, says she's going out and she has her sunglasses on her oversized sweater and Mia wants to follow her and Malcolm thinks it's pointless since they already know she's going to therapy but the twins agree they should follow her and Mia says she's this would be the second time this week so maybe she's not going to therapy so she goes a different way and ends up at Pinecrest Estate which are crappy apartments a few towns over in Salisbury she knocks on apartment nine and starts making out with whoever's inside and then when she pulls away we see something Malcolm hasn't seen in years. His brother grinning like his face is about to break and he pulls Daisy inside. Like who didn't see that coming? I'm pretty sure 
I don't know if I said it on last episode, but me and my husband definitely talked about this, that I thought him and Daisy were hooking up. So, shocker. Chapter 21, Ellery, Monday, September 30th. So, this is after they see Daisy and Declan, and they stop by the nearest place they can discuss what happened, and it's a Chuck E. Cheese, and they're playing foosball, and they conclude that... Declan and Daisy are hooking up in private because everyone would hate the idea of Lacey's ex-boyfriend and her best friend at the time of her death hooking up five years after her death when the threats and everything are happening to remind everyone of it. So it makes sense that they're sneaking around, but Malcolm's still annoyed that his brother is like always keeping secrets. Ezra suggests that Mia tells Daisy to tell her why she's back in town and what's going on or she will tell their parents that Daisy's hooking up with Declan. Ellery thinks that this is not Declan and Daisy's relationship is not a new relationship, but drops the conversation because Malcolm seems upset about it because Ellery believes that they were hooking up in high school and basically that Lacey's murder was a love triangle gone wrong. And then Ellery says, like, basically that. Maybe they dated in high school and then they broke it off in college. And Mia mentions that Daisy dated during, like, all through college and nearly got engaged. So there's probably no way her and Declan were together until recently. And Ellery also thinks that the only other person who fits for Lacey's murder is Officer Ryan, but Declan fits better. She talks about how cute Malcolm is, but he doesn't realize it because he's been living in his brother's shadow. It's obvious that a girl like Brooke would like him. I don't know. It's just character development and their relationship because we all want them to get together, but I won't dwell on her and him talking about how cute the other one is too much. So Malcolm gets a text from his mom and it's a news article, which I'll just read to you. The small town was already on edge after a series of vandalism incidents beginning in early September. Buildings and signs were defaced with messages written as though they were from Lacey Kilduff's killer. The anonymous threats promised another attack on one of the girls elected to homecoming court. A short list that included Brooke Bennett, but those who've been following the story closely don't see any real connection. This is a quote. Even if someone was unhinged enough to get away with murder and brag about it five years later, the M.O.s are completely different, says Vivian Cantrell, a senior at Echo Ridge High who has covered the story for her school paper. Another quote. Strangulation is a brutal crime of passion. The threats are public and they require planning. I don't think there's any relation at all to what happened to Lacey or what's going on with Brooke. So Ellery wonders why now Viv has changed her point of view because before she thought Lacey's death and the threats had to be related. And she basically quoted her conversation with Ellery, what Ellery had said. Chapter 22, Ellery, Wednesday, October 2nd. There's search parties and vigils for Brooke happening, but they're all during school hours. So it's mostly adults looking for her. Homecoming is still on for Saturday and Nan insists on driving the twins to work and Ellery still doesn't have a date for the dance. There's three theories going on or going around about Brooke. One, she ran away. Two, she's the victim of the Murderland killer being Lacey's killer. Or three, one of the Kelly boys did something to her being Declan or Malcolm. Sadie calls because she heard about Brooke going missing and the threats against Ellery and Ellery unloads on her about 
her never telling them anything. And then she says that Sadie only got onto pills because Sarah was gone. Sadie tells her that the night Sarah went missing, she was supposed to be with Sarah, but instead she was losing her virginity to her homecoming date, which we know is Vance Puckett, which how awkward. I don't need to know any of that about my parents, but I guess it's relevant. Ugh, gross. So Ellery and Sadie go back and forth and they cry and kind of make amends a little bit and... Sadie says, there's more I should tell you, not about Sarah, but about dot, dot, dot. And then she has to rush to get off the phone because she's using the phone in the rehab place and she's not supposed to. So I guess someone was telling her to get off or someone was coming. So she got off the phone. Ellery decides that they need to go talk to Vance. So she goes to the Fright Farms and goes to the shooting gallery and finds Vance there. And she loses on purpose to pump him up. So he'll talk to her. And she asks him about his encounter with Brooke. And he tells her that Brooke asked him how to pick a lock and he told her paper clips sometimes work. Ellery and Ezra then realized that Brooke was trying to pick a lock with a paper clip and it wasn't just her nervous habit. And like I said before, I thought they already knew this, but I guess this just kind of confirms what Malcolm thought. I originally assumed she was trying to pick a lock. So maybe I just made that assumption and neither of the characters did. But anyways... So then Ellery says, that's why Brooke said this is harder than he said it would be because that's the line that Brooke made that that's what she said joke with. So basically she's saying lockpicking is harder than fans said it would be. Brooke was sitting by a desk drawer, but Ellery says that it couldn't be the desk drawer because that's kept unlocked and the workers get stuff out of it all the time. But she does know what is kept locked in the office that Brooke would be trying to get into. Chapter 23, Malcolm, Thursday, October 3rd. There's a search party covering the woods behind the Nilsons house and Peter is preparing everything for it, which he's like a lawyer and on the town council and stuff. So he's all like, look at me. I'm a great guy preparing for this search party. I don't know. It just It's really weird to me. People that want to get overly involved and like take credit for being awesome during a tragic event. It just didn't seem genuine. Anyways, he tells Malcolm he shouldn't come because it would be a distraction with everything, which makes sense. And I I agree with that. Malcolm goes inside and he sees Kat and Viv and Kat's holding her prom dress and she's super mean to Malcolm and being suspicious of him, like thinking he's involved with what happened to Brooke. And then Kat says to him that he better not come to homecoming and... She has to go get a phone charger or something. So she leaves the room and Viv is left standing with Malcolm. And he asks Viv if she's still writing the article she was planning on about the where are they now five years later after Lacey's death. And she says, oh, I'm too upset with Brooke being missing. But he notes that she doesn't cry ever about it and she hasn't cried all week. So it just seems like she's lying basically. So he puts water bottles in the back of Peter's car and sees a missing flyer of Brooke. And he talks about being interviewed several times by Officer McNulty. And then Malcolm gets a text from Mia that says, you should come over. This just popped up online. It's already everywhere. So I'll just read this second article to you as well. Echo Ridge is reeling. This picturesque town nestled near the Canadian border and boasting the highest per capita income in the country experienced its first tragic loss in 1996 when high school senior Sarah Cochran 
vanish while walking home from the library. Then five years ago, homecoming queen Lacey Kilduff was found dead in the aptly named and since renamed Murderland Halloween Park. Now another beautiful and popular teenager, 17-year-old Brooke Bennett, is missing. Though Brooke and Lacey are close in age, there seems to be little connection between the two young women except the odd coincidence the high school senior who dropped Bennett off at home the night she disappeared is the younger brother of Lacey Kilduff's former boyfriend, Declan Kelly. Kelly, who was questioned repeatedly after Lacey Kilduff's death, was never arrested, moved out of state four years ago, and has maintained a low profile since. So it came as a surprise to many in this close-knit community that Kelly relocated to the neighboring town of Salisbury shortly before Book Bennett's disappearance. So this basically confirms what we already know, but it does make everything seem super duper suspicious. Malcolm goes inside and Kat's like gripping her phone and he thinks, great, she saw this article and she was already being mean to me, so she's being like, extra mean. And he says that she's acting strangely robotic and she's no longer mad at Malcolm and she doesn't look mad anymore. She looks afraid. And that's how the chapter ends. So we're not really sure yet what happens, but it's crazy. No spoilers. Get there when we get there. Chapter 24, Malcolm, Thursday, October 3rd. Malcolm gets to Mia's house and she's confronting Daisy and Ellery's already there. Daisy is yelling at her sister and threatening Mia with a candlestick, which I don't know if you guys have siblings, but I have an older brother and I'm sure he would like hold things up and threaten me, but not actually mean it. So it's supposed to be like, is Daisy really like capable of hurting someone? But for me, it's just a sibling mad at her younger sister for being ridiculous. So Mia's threatening Daisy to tell the parents about Declan if she doesn't tell her what's going on. So that's why Daisy's swinging around a candlestick. So at some point, the candlestick accidentally slips out of Daisy's hand and it drills Mia in the head and she starts bleeding. But it's one of those scratches on your head where it bleeds like crazy. So they get her a band-aid and Daisy feels terrible about it and about hurting Mia and she decides to tell them the whole story. Daisy had a mental breakdown from stress of not handling Lacey's death. So she moved back to Echo Ridge. She talks about how when they graduated, she kind of just put Lacey's death out of her head and she went through college. But then when she got this real job and stuff, she started thinking about it more and she just she couldn't handle all the stress. She says that she was in love with Declan all of high school and then senior year, he finally noticed her and admitted he loved her. If you listen to the first book, it's a boring Nicole Chase situation. They never acted on it, but they also never got the chance to tell Lacey about it. Daisy tells them that Declan suspected that Lacey was seeing someone, but she never admitted to it. And they started fighting and basically nothing was resolved when she died. So Daisy and Declan cut ties when she went away to college because she missed her best friend and just everything, just the situation. She didn't think Declan did it. It was just all too much. So... When she had her breakdown, she was hospitalized. And when she was in the hospital, she started thinking about what she could have said or done to help the police solve Lacey's murder five years ago. And she remembered that Lacey had a unique bracelet that Lacey told her she didn't get from her parents or Declan. So when Daisy came back, she asked Lacey's mom if she could have the bracelet. And I guess 
this part's a little unclear, but I guess Declan was like texting her periodically. And so when she moved back, she asked Declan to go with her to where the bracelet was made because it was this unique bracelet. It wasn't online or anything. It was made by this artist, I think a town or two over. So they take the bracelet to the artist and the the artist is like, I can't tell you who buys this stuff. So Daisy takes the bracelet to the police and hopes that they can do something with it. And Ellery asks which officer and Daisy says Ryan. And she says that they, their friend group was not friends with Ryan in high school and he was quiet, but she didn't worry about giving him the bracelet. Like he seems fine. He's just a police officer. And Ellery says to end the chapter, did it ever occur to you that he might have been the one to give the bracelet to Lacey? Chapter 25, Ellery, Friday, October 4th. Ellery snuck into Fright Farms to pick the lock of the recycling bin in the office. It's kind of a long story, but to sum it up, she just picks the lock and then she takes a whole bag of paper in the recycling bin because that's what she thinks that Brooke was trying to get to. But she wouldn't know what paper Brooke was trying to find. So... Ellery, Ezra, Malcolm, and Mia are looking for anything unusual in this recycling bin paper. And Malcolm just kind of blurts out that the police want to look through his phone since Brooke has been missing for a week now. And Peter says no to the police. Like they have to get, I don't know, a warrant or something because Peter's a lawyer. And Malcolm says there's nothing to worry about on his phone because he never texted Brooke, even after Kat gave him her number, but he does have the text from Declan that's that would look bad that says, Oh, I'm in town, don't freak out. Ellery thinks about the article that was most likely written by Viv, the first one I read, and then she talks about how she made a timeline the night before and was staring at it. So, <laughs> up until this point, the book hasn't used years, but the kids were born in 2002. And I'm almost 30, so I feel really old. But Ezra points out that Sadie came back to Echo Ridge when her dad died for his funeral in August 2001. And the twins were born nine months later in May of 2002. So they're speculating who the dad is. And I think their first assumption is Vance Puckett. And I have Vance Puckett, Officer McNulty, Peter Nilsson. With a bunch of question marks because I have no idea at this point. So they're back to looking through the papers and they find a car repair for an Amy Nelson. It's not spelled the same as the Nilsons. Nilsons are N-I-L-L-S-O-N. This is N-E-L-S-O-N. Anyways, they just wanted to make it really confusing close names for when I do this podcast. So the car repair place is three hours away in New Hampshire, which is the same state that Declan used to live in. The front of the vehicle has damage due to unknown impact and they removed and replaced the front bumper, repaired hood, repainted vehicle, rush charges, 48 hours, and it was two grand. It's Kat's car that was repaired, but it's Brooke's phone number and the Amy Nelson's a fake name, but it kind of makes sense because like I said, Nelson Nilsson, that like two teenage girls would conclude to use that. And... The date on the car receipt is the date for when Mr. Bowman was hit and killed in the hit and run, which is kind of like, duh. I kind of, I'm pretty sure I said already that I thought Brooke was involved with the hit and run and that maybe she was with Kat or something. But just kind of confirming 
trust me, guys, I did not guess the big reveal and stuff. I only got things half right, which is pretty crazy. So that's kind of duh and like feather in my hat that I got one thing right, but it gets wild. Okay, I'm looking at my notes for the next chapter and I totally have cat leaves for prom. It's not prom, it's homecoming. Chapter 26, Malcolm, Saturday, October 5th. Cat leaves for homecoming with Theo and Viv and Kyle are kind of going together, but they're not really dates because that would be weird, but it just kind of makes sense because they're all friends. So Malcolm says that he can tell that Kyle regrets going with Viv already and they haven't even left the house. So they leave and Malcolm texts Ellery to come over and watch a movie and his mom is hilariously overbearing. She reminds me of the mom in Mean Girls where she's like, can I get you a drink? And I'm the cool mom. What do you guys need or whatever? It's really funny. I actually laughed when reading this part, but Peter kind of tells her like, you know, they can take care of themselves. And then he says to Ellery that her mom was one of his favorite people when she was in town and that he even took her to a few movies but I'm not sure if he's talking about when she was in town for Lacey's funeral or when she was in town for her dad's death or both. I also felt that was like something really weird to say in front of your now wife. Like, oh yeah, your mom was like one of my favorite people. I took her out on dates. Isn't that great? Like, I don't, don't say that in front of your wife. Josh said that I would slap him probably. I would not resort to violence, but I would be like, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. Anyways, don't say that in front of your wife. So the parents go upstairs and Malcolm and Ellery make popcorn to watch the movie. Also, they're like awkwardly watching the movie that her mom was in that has that one line that everyone always quotes, which I don't know if that's something I'd want to watch when I was with someone I liked. But anyways, they talk about how everything going on is crazy. They wonder if they should tell the police that they found the receipt for the car repair place but of course like everyone in every book and every movie that ever existed they decide not to tell the police because why would you trust them to solve a murder which in the kids defense they haven't solved any of the crimes that happened in this town yet so <laughs> they start super intensely making out like they're on top of each other and then his mom calls from the other room to ask them if they want hot cocoa and they kind of separate and get all awkward Instead of after his mom leaves to continue to make out like regular teenagers, they decide to talk about Brooke and what happened. So they talk about the car receipt and Ellery kind of unleashes her true crime theory. And she says that it implies that Kat probably hit their teacher and Brooke was there or at least knew about it. Maybe Kat started the homecoming threats and the graffiti and everything to get the attention off of the teacher's death. And she asked if during the Lacey's fundraiser if there's any time that Kat wasn't around and he mentions Malcolm mentions that she ran off immediately at the beginning of the fundraiser to go be with her boyfriend but that it still would be a stretch for her to have done the graffiti but Viv and Theo could have also helped with this graffiti and the dolls and stuff. Ellery says that maybe Brooke was working up the courage to tell the truth about what happened but wanted proof and then Malcolm remembers Brooke asking him if he's ever done something bad and he mentions how cat never talks about this is random but he talks about he mentions how cat never talks about her mom or talks to her but then he's like i don't talk to my dad and that doesn't make me like a bad person so they kind of agree that cat had motive and opportunity but malcolm doesn't think she would actually hurt brooke then they decide to go to homecoming to see if anything happens since that's all the threats were for the homecoming dance 
Oh, and they also mentioned that there hasn't been any threat since Brooke went missing, which I feel like kind of implies that Brooke was doing the threats, but she wasn't. Spoiler alert. Chapter 27, Ellery, Saturday, October 5th. Nan doesn't want Ellery to go to the dance, but she allows it. So she gets ready really quickly and they get to the school. There's like other stuff that they talk about. He puts his jacket around her like, who cares? It's just their relationship. They like each other, obviously. So they get to the school and Liz is there, which is Declan's ex. And they said she looks terrible. She's supposed to be like, I don't know, 25. And they said she looks 40 and her bangs are too high for the decade they're in. Slammed in the 90s. Anyways, actually, I guess it'd be slammed to the early 2000s, which is basically the 90s. But she says they're not selling tickets at the door and she's being super mean to Malcolm because she hates Declan because siblings can control each other and totally deserve that. Ridiculous. I don't know why everyone in this town hates Malcolm. But everyone in the town's nice to his mom and she raised her son and she'd be more likely to cover up for him if he did do something. It's just stupid. But anyways, Daisy comes out and basically tells Liz to let them buy tickets at the door and it's a fundraiser to get a reward money for Brooke being missing. And you can kind of see the relationship between Daisy and Liz. Now, Daisy was popular in high school and Liz is more like Ryan. So Daisy stops Ellery to ask her why she thought Ryan was involved or why he may have given Lacey the bracelet. So Daisy says to Ellery, I've been thinking about what you said about Ryan and the bracelet. It's been worrying me. Why did you think he might have given it to Lacey? Do you know something? Okay, so Ellery says it's just because he knew her. Daisy's brows creased, but it's not like they were friends. He was so devastated when she died, though. That's Ellery saying that. She straightens up in surprise, her pretty eyes wide. Says who? My mother, Daisy, still looks confused. So I add, she saw him at the funeral when he got hysterical and had to be carried out. And Daisy says, Ryan did? That didn't happen. Maybe you just missed it, I suggest. This is all Ellery talking. No, our class was small. We were all on one side of the church. I would have noticed. Your mom's probably being dramatic. Hollywood, right? Basically, both Daisy and Nan said that Ryan was not hysterical at the funeral. Daisy doesn't have a reason to lie, but does Sadie, question mark, which I couldn't figure this out. It all comes back around, but I was like, I don't know. That's such a weird thing to lie about. Malcolm and Ellery find each other again, and he says that he was inner erupted by Viv, who already lost Kyle, and she's not happy about it, and Theo brought a flask and Kat's half drunk, which all I took from that, too, was like, now Viv has motive to make Brooke go missing, even though Brooke and Kyle were broken up, like, she's the single one, and she's not the cheerleader, and she obviously likes Kyle, and he's not interested, but anyways, Malcolm and Ellery dance, and it's all romantic and stuff. She thinks that he's gonna ask her if he can kiss her again, And he asks her if she likes clowns and (laughs) super romantic. And she says she doesn't understand why people are afraid of clowns. Like they're just doing their job. I agree. Clowns are not scary. I don't really get it, but no judgment. So then he asks her if she wants to go to a clown museum in Salisbury. And I'm just going to redo this part because his description of it is insane. It's funny. It's really funny. So there's this clown's museum in Salisbury. Well, calling it a museum is kind of a stretch. It's this old woman's house that's crammed full of antique clown stuff. She gives anybody who shows up a giant box of popcorn and she has like six dogs that just hang out 
there in the middle of all the clown memorabilia. And sometimes she plays movies against the wall, but there don't always have clowns in them, or usually even. Last time I went, we saw the movie Legally Blonde. It's super weird and funny, and she basically agrees to go with him to the clown museum, which I'm not afraid of clowns, but I'm not trying to go to a museum and see clown memorabilia. But if they're playing Legally Blonde and there's six doggos, then I'm definitely going. Sounds like the ideal date. Replace clowns with like Doctor Who stuff or something. Anyways, they realize Kat is gone, like she's gone from the dance floor. And then they see her slip out of the back door of what I can assume is the gymnasium. And they follow her and she's near the entrance of the Echo Ridge High sign. And she goes to get something out of her purse. So Ellery takes a video because they think she's going to graffiti the high school sign. And Kat drops her bag before taking anything out of it and throws up loudly onto the grass. Chapter 28, Ellery, Sunday, October 6. Ellery and Ezra are talking and deciding if they should tell the police about the car repair receipt. And Ellery still thinks that Ryan is sketchy. So she wants to make an excuse to go talk to him. He's moving out of his parents' house. So Nan had boxes for them to bring over to him. So they are like, Nan, we're going to go bring those boxes you want. So they go over to his house and he offers them coffee and stuff. And they're sitting down and Ellery asked about Brooke, but Ryan says he can't tell them anything about the investigation, which is like pretty normal. I didn't find that sketchy at all. And Ellery sees family photos on his mantle because Ryan has a bunch of siblings. And since she doesn't even know her dad, she's always been drawn to the family photos. So she gets up and she starts looking at him and Ryan's like, you shouldn't look at those. And she sees a picture of Ryan's dad in his military uniform. And she thought it was Ezra for a minute. So Ryan confirms that Ezra, Ellery, and him are siblings. <laughs> and he says that they can do a test or something, but he doesn't think his dad knew that the twins existed or were his. But Ryan's like super open about it. But that's why he was acting really nervous when he first came and dropped the coffee mug because he saw Ezra and recognized him basically saying, wow, this looks just like my dad. And they also mentioned that they don't really look anything like Ryan and people in town wouldn't have made the connection because Ryan's dad kind of kept to himself and in his older age, he was bald and had thick glasses and didn't look anything like his military picture. So they wouldn't have necessarily put it all together. But also Ellery's kind of bummed out because he died four months ago. So she has like no family. And now this person that she thought was like a prime suspect in Lacey's murder is her half brother. <laughs> Chapter 29, Malcolm, Sunday, October 6th. Malcolm is having a dream, but it's really a memory of him and Mia watching the footage of Lacey's funeral. And in this dream slash memory, they speculate if the killer was at Lacey's funeral, which I agree, that's like really common in real life for the murders to show up to the funeral because they like to be involved. I will say, though, the person was most likely at the funeral that killed her. So I thought this was super interesting. Mia gives the killer test. Apparently, it's something she heard about in school. And I'll read it to you. It's a riddle about a girl. She's at her mother's funeral and she sees some guy she doesn't know. She falls in love with him and decides he's her dream guy. A few days later, she kills her sister. Why would she do that? I thought that the sister was like this guy's girlfriend or something so she wanted to kill her sister so there's no competition 
And Malcolm basically says the same. And I asked my husband, that's what he said. So I'm kind of curious of what you guys thought. So Malcolm says, because the sister was the man's girlfriend and she wanted him for herself. Mia says no, because she thought the man might go to her sister's funeral too, which is really messed up. Like that really messed me up. I was like, wow, because she was in love with the man. So she wanted to see him again. So she thought, oh, she kills her sister. He'll show up at the funeral. So that's like the sign of a murder. I don't know. I've never heard of that test. I don't know if the author just made it up, but it's amazing and it's freaky and I don't like it. So anyways, he wakes up from this dream and he thinks about what Ellery had said. This is what Ellery said. Cat would either have to be so desperate that she lost all sense of right or wrong or be a cold-blooded criminal. Malcolm hears Cat leave the house. It's like 3 a.m. at this point. And he follows her to the school. Oh, and Ellery had also texted him. It was something like vague, but it's referring to her finding out that Ryan's her brother, but she doesn't straight up say that to Malcolm. So Malcolm and Ellery are texting while he's following Cat, and she sprays paints on this wall that separates the school from regular houses. And it says, Now playing Murderland Part Two, told you so. And my thought about this at the time was that somebody was blackmailing her, like someone knew that she hit and run the teacher. So they said, You need to spray paint this stuff and do my bidding or I'm going to tell. I was wrong. So (laughs) Malcolm's texting with Ellery and Ellery wants to give all the information to Ryan because now they're siblings. She completely trusts him, but he agrees. And it's the next morning. Oh, by the way, Malcolm videotapes Kat spray painting the stuff. So they tell Ryan about the car and they show him the video. And Ryan says that They'll use the car paperwork thing as an anonymous tip because of how they got the paperwork and all that. And then he says that all Cat did was trespassing and like the wall doesn't belong to the school. So the county would have to press charges for vandalism. And it's like basically no big deal. And they can't really connect her to the other stuff. Then Ellery asked him if he and Lacey ever had a thing. And he's like, well, yeah, I liked her not they didn't have a thing, but he liked her like every guy in school did. And she's pretty and cared about people. And he's still upset that she was murdered. But that's part of the reason he became a cop. But they didn't have any relationship. He just thought she was a good person. So then his phone buzzes. Oh, maybe they went to his house, but he tells them to go home and stay home and that he's serious because something's obviously going on. Chapter 30, Ellery, Monday, October 7th. So I'm assuming Malcolm went back to his house and it's half hour before Nan's going to wake up. So Ellery decides to go for a walk through the woods to the fairgrounds to clear her head. Okay, so she gets to the fairgrounds and Officer McNulty's there and he's being a jerk to her and he tells her to go home. And she also notes that it's a miracle that they didn't run into him at the dance. So that seems really sketchy. That he's just like at this fairgrounds and he wasn't at the dance and all this stuff. So whatever. He's a sketchy dude. So it takes till chapter 30 for Ellery to finally put together my theory that Liz could have killed Lacey for all the reasons I discussed before. And now Kyle could have made Brooke disappear for a similar reason because Declan broke up with Liz and then Lacey was murdered and Brooke broke up with Kyle and now she's gone. But they were out of town when Brooke went missing, but Liz and Kyle are each other's alibis. So 
she thinks it's definitely a possibility that it's like a family thing and that Officer McNulty could even be involved, which is exactly what I said at the end of last episode. So she gets home and Nan freaks out and hugs her for the very first time. And she's like, oh my God, like I was so scared. Your bed wasn't slept in. And she's like, there's something we need to talk about. And Ellery's like, just tell me what it is. So she says, there's a rumor going around that the police found a body in the woods near the Canadian border and it's Brooks. I freaked. But then part of me was like, it's not confirmed. It's just a rumor. So we'll see what happens. And we do. Chapter 31, Malcolm, Monday, October 7th. So they're at home and this part's kind of long and drawn out, but the summary is Kat says she's not going to school and Malcolm says he will because he doesn't want to be anywhere near Kat. He has to take his mom's car and his mom, she says it's fine. She goes wherever. And Kat, before he leaves, takes him aside, says, why don't you walk? You love walking, implying that she knows that he followed her that night to the school when she did the graffiti. So he leaves and gets to school and Theo and Kyle beat the crap out of him. He thinks his ribs are broken and stuff. And they're just, I don't know. I think they think that he made Brooke disappear or they're just jerks. I don't really know. But Viv is also there watching. And then Declan intervenes. He just shows up and he knocks Kyle unconscious. And then Theo just runs away. And he drives Malcolm back to his apartment. And he weakly explains why he didn't tell Malcolm why he moved there. He talks about how... Daisy needed him and her parents, so he made the move. Whatever. They're in love. Who cares? Also, he knows that Malcolm followed Daisy to his apartment. I'm not really sure how he found that out, but whatever. So they turn on the news, and Malcolm's just laying there with ice packs and stuff from all his injuries. And the news says, The body is that of a young woman who's been missing from Echo Ridge since last Saturday, 17-year-old Brooke Bennett. The Huntsburg Police Department would like to extend our condolences to Ms. Bennett's family and friends and our support to her hometown police department. At this time, the investigation into cause of death is ongoing and no further details will be released. That's how the chapter ends and it's crazy. Poor Brooke, though. I was super bummed when I found out she was dead. I get a little less bummed later on, but we'll get into that when the time comes. Chapter 32, Ellery, Monday, October 7th. So the news states that Brooke has been dead for more than a week and that foul play is suspected. Duh. They also mentioned the message at the school that Kat wrote. So Sadie calls Ellery and Ellery calls her out about the dad situation. And she says that the stuntman story that she told the twins did happen, but so did the married Mr. Rodriguez situation. And she wanted to believe that it was a stuntman guy because she didn't want to be a homewrecker and she didn't even live there and stuff. So she just went with it. And she also says that she was basically drunk the whole time of the funeral and couldn't even remember what he looked like, which Ellery's like, BS, you knew. So then Officer Ryan comes over because Ellery called him and she lays out the whole Kyle and Liz theory. And he's like, they have alibis. You don't think we looked into it? Duh. He says that Kyle and Liz were at a frat party and there were videos and photos posted to social media with timestamps and stuff. So there's no way that they could have made Brooke go missing. So she feels like an idiot. I feel like less of an idiot because I didn't know the police looked into it and usually they're incompetent, but still. Then Ryan tells Malcolm to stay at a friend's house and that he should stay low and just trust him and the police department. And 
he doesn't say much about Kat and her involvement with the graffiti and everything. And they're frustrated that she isn't being arrested, but she obviously can't be arrested for just being shady. So Ryan basically tells them to stay out of it and that they have no idea what the police are working on and they should just trust him. Me neither. I have no idea. Chapter 33, Malcolm, Thursday, October 10th. Malcolm is having dinner at Declan's house with Declan and Daisy. And Malcolm's talking about how it's uncomfortable because they're like making out and in love and stuff. Declan and Daisy say they understand how Malcolm feels because this is what it was like after Lacey died with the police interviewing him and stuff. And Malcolm says that Kat's in a five-star hotel with her aunt. So Malcolm doesn't have to stay with a friend because she's out of the house. But it's kind of like BS that she gets to go on a vacation after she does all this shady stuff. So Officer Ryan shows up to the apartment in full uniform and he wants to ask Declan some questions and Declan's pissed. And Declan was kind of known to be more like Theo and Kyle. Like maybe he wouldn't physically beat people up, but he was a jerk and he was mean to Ryan. So the whole situation is really awkward and Ryan's kind of nervous, but Ryan kind of hangs in there and plays his role as a police officer. So Ryan asks where Declan was the night Brooke disappeared and Declan's pissed and doesn't want to answer. And Daisy says, oh, he was with me at this apartment. And then Officer Ryan asks if they've ever been to Huntsburg where Brooke was found and says Daisy and Declan goes rigid, but they say, no, they've never been there. And then he asks, does this look familiar to you? It was found near Brooke's body. It's a class ring with the number 13 on it and the initials DK and Declan tells Ryan to leave. So it's obviously Declan's class ring, not Donkey Kong's. And which was my first thought. Me and my husband playing a lot of Mario Golf recently on the N64. Okay, anyways, so it's not enough to make an arrest. So Ryan leaves and Declan tells Malcolm and Daisy that he gave the ring to Lacey and she usually wear it on a chain around her neck. And when he was wanting to break up with her, he asked for it back, but she never gave it to him. And that was the last time he saw it. And then she obviously died. So he doesn't know what happened to it. So Malcolm is thinking that Declan is lying. And Malcolm's never heard this story before about the class ring. And he doesn't really know what to believe because Declan was shady about moving back and dating Daisy. And Declan can tell that Malcolm has doubts. So he tells him to get out. And he says, you think I did it? You always have. Get out of here but he uses the F-bomb a couple times. And then Malcolm leaves. Chapter 34, Ellery, Thursday, October 10th. Okay, you guys ready? It's about to go down, big time. Ellery is at Malcolm's house watching a movie. They're talking about Declan and they're not fully convinced that he was involved, obviously. I've never been, I never thought he was involved, but anyways, she says maybe that he and Brooke were secretly dating and then they kind of decide that that's probably not true because he was also secretly dating Daisy and from all accounts, Daisy and Declan are super in love with each other. So Peter checks on them and asks if they need anything and Allery asks how Kat's doing in the hotel and Peter mentions that Kat is close with her aunt and they went shopping out wherever the aunt lives, like Kat had to fly there over Labor Day weekend, that's when the teacher died. So obviously, Kat wasn't driving the car. My first thought was Brooke was driving the car, but they conclude that Peter was the only one home. And Malcolm says, no, he was visiting Mr. Coates and was supposed to ask about that job for Declan. 
So Malcolm calls Mr. Coates because I guess that was his old Boy Scout leader. And he calls him under the pretense of like helping Declan. He's like, Declan's looking for this job. I know Peter mentioned to you when you met with him last month, but I'm just trying to help my brother out. So Mr. Coates confirms that they didn't meet up a month ago. And Malcolm's like, oh, I must have heard wrong. So they conclude that Peter must have been the one driving Kat's car and killed the teacher. And then they're asking, why would Brooke help him cover it up? So Malcolm says that Kat said Brooke was missing during the sleepover and thought she was hooking up with Malcolm, but maybe she was sneaking off to see Peter. Ah, right? Gross. If that's not bad enough, Peter storms into the bedroom and pulls a gun on them. And he says, your poker face needs work, Malcolm. And that's how the chapter ends. Oh my God. Oh my God. Dun, dun, dun. That creepy music I play in the background that's going to be playing for like 15 minutes at this point. Chapter 35, Malcolm, Thursday, October 10th. Still the same day. It's like the same thing. So Peter's holding gloves and the gun and he takes her phones away and orders them to walk down to the basement. Ellery's like kind of in a daze this whole time. So Malcolm does all the talking. So he is trying to do anything to get Peter not to kill them essentially. So he says that, you know, they'll trace the car back to you. And Peter's like, no, there's nothing to trace me back to it. And Malcolm says, well, I called the teacher. He knows you're lying. And he's like, I heard you on the phone. You said you misheard. He's not going to think anything of it. And Malcolm's like, well, what about my mom? She knows that we talked about it. You said you were there and you really weren't. And he says, Malcolm mom is compliant and that's her greatest asset. And she'll remember whatever he tells her to. Ugh. That gives me chills. I don't like that at all. Could you imagine? So then as they're walking to the basement, Malcolm kind of puts this together and he says, Declan's class ring, Lacey had it. So like you, Peter must have taken it from her. Malcolm says, you killed Lacey too. And Peter's reply is, your brother is a useful fall guy. He always has been. Oh my God. And the creepiest thing about all this, Peter is like cool as a cucumber, like super professional. He's like, please walk down the hallway. Please go to the basement. Oh, that's like makes it even worse. So then Ellery finally speaks up and she asks if Peter did something to her aunt as well. And he whispers in Ellery's ear, but Malcolm can't hear it. Then Malcolm accuses Peter of hooking up with girls his daughter's age and killing them when there's a chance they will expose him. And he asks, what did you do to Lacey? Was she pregnant? And then Peter says, this isn't a soap opera and it isn't your business, but she overstepped. And we have no reason to believe that she was pregnant because I feel like the police would have known that and it doesn't come back around. He puts Ellery and Malcolm in this storage room that locks from the outside. There's like boxes in it, but there's no windows or anything. Then he puts a portable electric generator by the door and he says to them, you know why you shouldn't run these in the house. They emit carbon monoxide, but I don't know how it got switched on. You two must have just knocked it over when you were doing who knows what down here. And then he says that he's going to go to the store because they ran out of popcorn because he doesn't want to meet the same fate as them. And they're like saying, well, you locked us in here. So obviously the police are going to know that it was you trying to kill us. And he goes, oh, I'll be back in a little bit to open the door. I'd say it was nice knowing you, Malcolm, but to be quite honest, you've been a nuisance from the start. And then he leaves and it's just like, freak out. This is crazy. So Ellery and Malcolm start dumping the stored boxes in there, trying to find a paperclip and they find Christmas ornaments, but the hooks are too flimsy. And Malcolm talks about his vision getting 
fuzzy and his hands aren't working right and it feels like he's wearing thick gloves and he finally sees like one paperclip on the floor and he tries to give it to Ellery but she's already unconscious and he's saying I could pick this lock if only my brain wasn't about to pound out of my head if only I didn't have to stop to throw up if only I could see if only and that's how the chapter ends craziness raise your hand if you thought Peter did it because I mentioned that I thought maybe one of the parents but I didn't necessarily think Peter did it this is crazy I was not there for it chapter 36 Ellery Friday October 11th she wakes up in the hospital and her her nan is there holding her hand and Ellery asks how she's alive and nan says your brother saved you and then Ellery thinks how did Ezra end up at the Nilsen's basement and then she passes back out and I'm thinking that Ellery's not the true crime solver maybe Ezra knew so much about true crime from just being around his sister that he like figured it all out and ran over there. Ellery wakes up again and Melanie, Lacey's mom, is there because she's a nurse. And Melanie tells her that Malcolm is okay and he's down the hall. And then Sadie is on her way. Peter's in jail where he belongs. And then Ellery passes back out. Ryan shows up and Ellery realizes that the brother that saved her was him and not Ezra. Ah, that was like, I really needed something heartwarming after all this craziness. So buckle your seatbelts because everything's about to get explained. Ryan tells Ellery that he checked with the jeweler after Daisy gave him Lacey's bracelet and they didn't keep good records. So it was basically a dead end, but he did tell them to call him if someone else came in wanting the same type of bracelet. And sure enough, someone did. The jeweler described Peter, but at the time the police didn't quite piece it together. They didn't say, oh, Peter came in. They just described someone that looked like him. Then he says that when he questioned Declan, he wanted to rule Declan out and he was convinced that Declan was being framed, but he also wanted to confirm that the class ring was in fact Declan's. Ryan said that he did a bad job about that situation and that's one thing he regrets and he feels bad that he made Malcolm doubt his brother. So then he talks about how they found a diary on Brooke's computer because her phone disappeared when she did but it had a password and stuff so it took a while for them to break into it and they said that she was vague about names and places and stuff but admitted to having an affair with an older man and being in the car during the accident and all this information led them back to Peter being the one driving the car. Ellery asked how Ryan found her And he said because Ellery had texted the letter P to him before Peter took their phones, he texted her back and when she didn't reply, he went to Nan's house and Nan told Ryan that she was at Malcolm's house and he freaked out and went there immediately. And he said Peter was heading out as he was heading into the house and that Peter had gone back to drag Malcolm and Ellery into the hallway so the police wouldn't know that they were locked into that storage closet. And Ryan heard the generator and saved them just in time. He said they were like almost dead. Then he says Peter made it almost all the way to Canada. And when they caught him, they searched his car and he can't like tell them about it. But there were things in his car that connects him to Brooke's murder. He says that Peter hasn't confessed to anything and they don't have any evidence when it comes to Lacey. But uh, get ready to be creeped out. So the police people are profiling him now. And they said that 
When it comes to Peter, they suspected that Lacey wanted to make the affair public and maybe threatened to tell his wife. And this was his second wife at the time. And his second wife had lost her husband and her son in a car accident shortly before he married her. And they said that he likes to marry vulnerable women and seem like the hero. Ugh. And that he picked Malcolm's mom to stay close to Lacey since Declan's her son and was like the lead suspect. So that's like extra... That gives me the creeps. It's so gross. Then Brian asked what Peter whispered about Sarah into Ellery's ear, but she said she couldn't hear him. He said it too quiet. And he and then Ryan says that Peter isn't answering any questions about Sarah. <sighs> this is so gross. Ellery asked about Kat's involvement with the threats and ding, ding, ding. I called this part. Viv was manufacturing a story so she could report on it. So she was doing all the threats and she fixed the homecoming court. So Ellery was in it because it'd be more newsworthy to have Sarah's niece in the court. I totally called this and I felt so awesome about it. She asked like why Kat made the last graffiti and he says that he can't tell her about Kat's involvement because she's lawyered up and Ellery asked if Kat knew about her dad or her dad's involvement with Brooke being missing. And Ryan says that he can't answer that right now because of the investigation, which is totally normal. We kind of figure it out later on, though. Ellery apologizes for getting in the way of the investigation. And Ryan says she was actually really helpful with car repair receipt because that's how they pieced everything together to figure out it was Peter. And them only almost getting killed gave them permission to search Peter's car when they caught him. So... Before Ryan leaves the hospital, he invites Ellery to some family thing and Ryan's siblings want to meet Ellery and Ezra. So she's realizing that even though she doesn't have her dad and Sadie's kind of haphazard, she has all these half siblings now that have families of their own and she has nieces and nephews and stuff. So that's pretty cool. But before Ellery passes back out, she sees Sadie in the doorway and they hug and they basically like forgive each other, I guess. Aw, it only took almost getting murdered. Chapter 37, Malcolm, Saturday, October 26. So this is two weeks after the murder attempt, and they're at this party for the Rodriguez family party, but Lacey's mom's there, Declan's there, Mia's there, Daisy's there. So it's just like this big party. And Declan and Malcolm kind of talk off to the side, and they make amends, and a fresh start and they apologize to each other. So Malcolm's like, I'm sorry, I thought you were a murderer. And Declan's like, I'm sorry, I was a bad brother and ditched you and all this stuff. And they talk about how basically their mom is in a pretty bad situation financially and stuff, but they'll figure it out. And Malcolm and his mom are going to move to that same apartment complex near Declan and Daisy so they can all be a family and help each other and stuff. So then they start talking about Kat and Malcolm explains to us, this is crazy. The day of the search in the woods behind their house she went into her dad's office to find the phone charger and she found brooke's phone case in her dad's office in the desk and she knows it was brooke's phone case because brooke made it herself as like a clear case with flowers and she put nail polish over it, whatever from that point on she knew her dad was involved in brooke's disappearance so she did the graffiti at the school to deflect any attention from her dad She's fully cooperating with the police and her lawyer is basically painting her as a victim. And I have super mixed feelings about this because, yeah, she's a victim. She was manipulated. She has a horrible dad and her mom's trash too. But 
I don't know. Me and my husband were kind of talking about this last night. Like, would you cover for your parent if you thought they like were having an affair with your friend and then murdered her? Probably not. But at the same time, I don't know. It's a complicated situation. It's kind of left open-ended to make your own assumptions. Similarly to Malcolm, I don't really feel bad for her. He says that Kat texted him and said, he is all I have, referring to her dad. And Malcolm ignored it and basically said it was too soon. And he's kind of mad because he said that Kat had Malcolm and his mom, who were like nothing but nice to her and would have helped her out and stuff. But okay, so Kat's, I'm assuming on probation or something, but she's not allowed to leave the country. And her mom lives in France and her mom won't move back. So I don't know if she's going to live with her aunt or whatever, but I don't know. She's a victim of some things. But on the other hand, like my first thought, if my parent murdered my friend would not be to like try to not get him in trouble by doing this graffiti. So anyways, Malcolm talks to Ellery and apologizes that she didn't get closure about Sarah, but they can pretty much be sure that Peter was involved. And they talk about both having PTSD and nightmares. And Malcolm says it will get better. He says as well, looking around at all their friends and family at the party. So then he invites Ellery to the clown museum because it's right down the road. So they sneak off holding hands to go walk to this weird museum. Final chapter, get ready. Because if you didn't think it was bad enough already, here we go. Chapter 38, Ellery, Saturday, October 26th. Ellery talks about how Sadie and Nan had a long conversation or getting along better and Sadie's back in rehab and she's not making secret calls anymore and she's actually like trying and they all agreed that the twins would stay with Nan to finish school and then Ellery talks about taking her SATs and going to college and like more dates with Malcolm and how like life's going really well so she's decided to keep this one secret to herself like her mom already feels bad enough about what happened with Sarah and she wants everyone just to be able to like move on but she admits to us that she heard what Peter said when she asked about Sarah and it's the last line of the book and you're gonna you're about to get chills it's terrible Peter whispers in Ellery's ear I thought she was your mother (laughs) and that's how the book ends and it's amazing 10 out of 10 go read this book it's a really good read I really like this author we will be reading her books in the future now it's time for lingering questions And this was hard with this book because the author is super good and she wraps everything up in a nice little bow and she leaves certain things open-ended so we can all make our own assumptions. So I'm going to kind of get into the open-ended stuff and just give like my thoughts on it. So my first question, which I'm not even sure I want to know the answer to, is how was Brooke murdered and what was found in Peter's car that led to Brooke's murder? And this kind of goes along with, like, also how was Sarah murdered? Because, okay, we know Lacey was strangled and we know that he was going to kill Malcolm and Ellery via carbon monoxide poisoning. But he also had a gun on them. So maybe the gun was used on Brooke and it would be in his car because he would take it with him, obviously, when he fled. So I just kind of, I don't know. I don't even know if I want to know details, but it is a question I had. Another question is, where's Sarah's body? Because Lacey was just laid out at Fright Farms. Brooke was somewhere in the woods and Malcolm and Ellery, if they died, would have been found as well. But Sarah's body is missing. She was always missing person. She was never considered murdered or deceased. So 
Also, I don't know if he's like older than Sarah, but they have to be similar in age because Sadie said he was attractive in high school. But we're talking like a 17 year old and then he hides a body that was never found for like over 20 years. And my next question is, did he keep anything of Sarah's? Because he kept Lacey's class ring, Declan's class ring that he gave her. And he kept Brooke's cell phone case. So it makes you wonder if he kept a trophy from Sarah's body. Another question is, did he kill anyone else in that 20 year gap? Because I feel like it's kind of unreasonable that he went 20 years between Lacey and Sarah. Also, he had a thing for like having an affair with being a pedophile. Let's just call it what it is. He had a thing for being a pedophile while he was married. So it makes you wonder if he had an affair on Kat's mom and then like what happened to that person. So he could have murdered multiple people. Okay. My next question was, which I'm kind of glad they don't explain it because ending on the last line of like, I thought it was your mother, but it leaves me with the question of why did he want to murder Sadie in the first place? And it makes you wonder if he like was maybe in love with her and she was kind of serious with Vance. So like that made him upset or did he just make that up to upset Ellery and like really his target was Sarah like maybe he was hooking up with Sarah and then uh, who knows so uh so he could have lied or he could have actually wanted to kill Sadie but then it kind of makes you wonder of like if he was taking Sadie to the movies when she's back in town like why wouldn't he take the opportunity to kill her then but that makes me think that he was trying to take her on dates because he wanted to marry her like he married Malcolm's mom and it would be like kind of a trophy representing Sarah's murder. That would be super messed up. My final and most important question is what kind of doggos are at this clown museum? Because doggos are the best and I want to know. Anyways, that's it. It was awesome. So next episode in two weeks is about drum roll. I have no idea. I don't know what book we're reading. I'm going to, I've looked at some and I just haven't been satisfied and I'm coming off this book that's like super, super good. So I think I'm going to go to the bookstore tomorrow and look around, see what I can find. If you have any ideas or any books you want me to cover, you can let me know on Instagram at the Jolly Reader Podcast. Subscribe so you can get the next episodes and they'll instantly download. If you're on Apple Podcasts, leave me a review. And you can also say in the review if there's any book ideas you have for me. Please share with everyone you know, everyone that likes podcasts, every human being that breathes. That would be great. (laughs) Stay tuned for the outtakes so you can get your bi-weekly dose of secondhand embarrassment. And I will talk to you guys in two weeks about who knows what. Until we sail again, this has been the Jolly Reader. Bon voyage. Hey, you made it to the outtakes. It's going to be fun this week. Let's go. Testing. Testing, testing. I don't feel like this is loud enough. Things are going to get wild. I can't believe I didn't get any of this. Okay, just have to remember to talk slowly and clearly, because I'm going to get amped. I'm going to try not to like scream talk through all of this. Someone didn't pay enough attention. Oh, whoa. No. Someone didn't play enough Skyrim to improve. Im- I got to nail this joke. <laughs> Someone didn't play enough Skyrim to improve. Why can't I say improve? 
at the whatever. What is that place called? So these are all things Brooke said to Ellery at the House of Horrors. Horrors. It sounds like I'm saying horrors. Definitely not. Horrors. Anyways, outtakes. Already, I didn't think I was going to have any for this episode. Chapter 18 is Malcolm, Sunday, September 29th. My goodness. Okay. Is this loud enough? Am I talking loud enough? Move this a little closer. Is this good? Okay. Officer McNulty is being intense and interviewing. This is much better. Sorry, this is louder. Okay. Officer, did I say? Cat says, <clears throat> there's that man voice. My dog did not just bark. That's not getting edited out. It's staying in. Cat and like hanging out with cat or whatever. Or whatever. Am I ever going to get through an episode? Um, That's a weird coincidence. He better not have murdered or this is going to be in the outtakes, but I keep saying murdered because I already know Brooke's dead. Goes and sits with my. I keep calling her Maya. And Salisbury. Like Salisbury steak. I can never pronounce it though. Anyways. But Beck, But Becklin. So Ellery wonders. Oh what? Where am I at? Okay. Open my book. Keep bumping my mic and I'm really sorry. So when Daisy came back. Rory been the one to give brace the bracelet to Lacey. I said bracely. <laughs> Anyways. Chapter 25, Ellery, Friday, October 4th. 4th. October 4th. Look, I don't don't say that in front of your wife. Josh said that I would slap him probably. I would not resort to violence, but I would be like, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I'd be like, "Oh yeah? What movie?" I don't know. I'm not even being funny right now. Anyways, don't say that in front of your wife. Like the homecoming threats and the, excuse me, the homecoming threats and the graffiti and stuff. I keep hiccuping. Okay. <clears throat> it's going to be a long episode. But it's going to be totally worth it. So let me just get to that section in the book because I wrote the page down. But I also was reading this that night and I might have just been tired and didn't want to write out all the notes for it. So let's just see. We're almost there. Also, I can tell you, he was at the funeral. So, it's a guy that murdered her. Okay, spoilers. No, I don't want to say that. I'm going to cut that part out because we think it might be Liz. The office is that... Or the office. (laughs) No. Time out. Text message. My mom. Okay. Okay. Sounds good, mom. My mom's awesome. I hope she's listening to this. Hi, mom. Did you finally listen to my podcast? I love you. Okay. Take a sip before we get into this. Okay. And using two computers, I keep trying to use my mouse on my little computer that's hooked up to my big one. Anyways, I feel like an idiot. Okay. This is a clean podcast, even though I'm not always that good about it, but okay. So Ryan's talking to her and he says he checked with the jeweler after Daisy. Wow. Start over. So, <clears throat> sippity sap. Okay. I am Allie, and you are with me to 